Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. On today's episode, we're going to talk about gluten-free diets. Some people wonder if a gluten-free diet is healthier and why it would be healthier. There are also claims that it helps with autism and ADHD, so we're going to look at all of these. So let's start with the question, is a gluten-free diet healthier? And the answer is, it depends. Many people mistakenly believe that gluten-free is somehow automatically better for you. And that's not necessarily true. Gluten is not a bad thing. It's not like a drug or a food additive or anything like that. Gluten is simply a protein found in wheat, rye, barley, and triticale. For most people, gluten is no big deal. Gluten-free simply means that something doesn't contain that particular protein. It can be just as nutrient deficient as any other diet. Most gluten-free flours are made from white rice and starch, which is made from either tapioca, corn, or potatoes. These are used to help simulate the familiar texture and flavor of white flour. These flours have little nutritional value, Therefore, we can't assume that we are eating healthy just because we are eating gluten-free products or following a gluten-free diet. Usually, eating whole grains of any variety is good for you. But unfortunately, most people, including myself, so I'm not judging, don't eat whole grains. They eat white flour, which is made only from the endosperm of wheat, and removes the wheat germ and the bran layer. When you take those parts out, it also removes the fiber and most of the nutrition. There are some theories that perhaps this is why so many people have problems with gluten. We have continuously bombarded our systems with starch and gluten, but removed the fiber and the nutrition, which in turn prevents the body from functioning properly. That being said, however, there are several valid reasons for certain people to avoid gluten, such as those with celiac disease, irritable bowel syndrome, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, food allergies, autism spectrum disorders, and ADHD. So we're going to briefly talk about each of these. First, celiac disease is a digestive disease that damages the small intestine and interferes with absorption of nutrients from food. When people with celiac disease eat foods or use products containing gluten, their immune system responds by damaging or destroying the villi in the small intestine, which helps absorb nutrients. Next is irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS. This is a common disorder that affects not the small intestine, but the large intestine, also called the colon. Irritable bowel syndrome commonly causes cramping, abdominal pain, bloating, gas, diarrhea, and constipation. Some people can control their symptoms by managing their diet, lifestyle, and stress. Some people diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome report a lessening of their negative symptoms when they follow a gluten-free diet. 
People with non-celiac gluten sensitivity, also called gluten intolerance, can experience symptoms such as foggy mind, depression, ADHD-like behavior, abdominal pain, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, headaches, bone or joint pain, chronic fatigue, or other symptoms when they have gluten in their diet. While these symptoms are very similar to those with celiac disease, these individuals do not test positive for celiac disease or for a wheat allergy. They do not experience the small intestine damage or develop the tissue transglutaminase antibodies found in celiac disease. However, obviously for these people, staying away from gluten is a very good idea. Wheat allergy is one of the many food allergies that people can get. A food allergy is an overreaction of the immune system to a specific food protein. When the food is ingested, it can trigger an allergic reaction that may include a range of symptoms from rashes, hives, itching, or swelling to more severe reactions such as trouble breathing, wheezing, loss of consciousness, etc. Next, we're going to talk about how gluten may affect those with autism spectrum disorders. It has to do with issues in the brain and with the digestive system, and these issues are interconnected. Scientists still aren't sure about what causes autism spectrum disorders, but studies of people with autism spectrum disorders, or ASD, have found irregularities in several regions of the brain. There are two main divisions of the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is involved in stimulating the body and preparing it for activity. It's generally considered the fight or flight response while the parasympathetic nervous system activates the everyday normal functions, such as digestion. Many people with ASD or ADD, ADHD have an underactive or malfunctioning parasympathetic nervous system. Their bodies are kind of stuck in that fight or flight system, and they're not able to get back into the rest and digest system. This can cause an underdeveloped digestive system, which does not properly break down foods. Certain foods, when they're not broken down properly, act like a drug to the brain, which increases hyperactivity and erratic behavior. Unfortunately, these same foods are also addictive, and the person craves those drug-producing foods. The most common examples are gluten and casein, which is a milk protein. Sugar is also addictive and causes hyperactivity and erratic behavior. It is this last reason that I mentioned why my family had to go on a gluten-free diet for a period of time. I have a son who is on the autism spectrum and has ADHD. Now, autism spectrum is huge, so not everybody who's on the autism spectrum is the same. For my son, some of his symptoms included irritability, problems with focusing and maintaining attention, behavioral issues, and anger management issues, which really mostly fall under the ADHD type of problems. 
We tried several different medications, but we never found anything that was consistently effective for him. I read stacks of books looking for solutions, and several mentioned that changing his diet and eliminating gluten, sugar, and dairy might be helpful. My favorite explanation of why these foods cause problems was an analogy using Scrabble letters. They said that when we eat food, it's like creating a word out of Scrabble letters, and our digestive system is supposed to break it down into the individual letters so that the body can use the nutrients. But with ADHD, ADD, autism, and other issues, the digestive system doesn't work like it's supposed to. It it doesn't break those words down into their individual letters, their individual components. It can only break them down partially, which is like breaking a word down into partial words. For some partially broken down words, it's not that big of a deal. But when gluten, which is a protein in wheat, and casein, which is a protein in milk, are only partially broken down, it's like it's transformed into drugs in the body. It's like it created a new word, and this word does really different things than what the original was intended. And it affects behavior, attention, hyperactivity, irritability, anger, and so forth. And of course, it's addictive, just like drugs. So they're the only things that they want to eat. When I read about diet being a solution, I didn't want to do it because it was so hard and it didn't have guaranteed results. But since the medications weren't working for my son and we were getting desperate, we gave it a try. And of course, the whole family had to do it because you can't expect a kid to watch you eat things that they can't have. The only way for it to be successful was for everybody to do it. It was really hard, especially at first. When I thought about trying to make food without gluten, dairy, or sugar, all I could think of was all the foods that have gluten, dairy, and sugar in them, and I couldn't think of anything that didn't have those things in them. I thought we were all going to be miserable and starve to death. But we survived, and it did eventually get better, and it got easier, and we learned a lot from the journey. I learned some things about gluten, for example, that not everybody knows. And we have lots of funny stories about people trying to be helpful. For example, a couple times in social situations or at restaurants, when we couldn't eat something that was served, I said, oh, I'm sorry, my son can't have wheat. And they'd say, oh, it's okay, it's white bread. It's not wheat bread, so it should be fine. And I thought, man, if that was the answer, this would be a piece of cake. Um... Also, many times if I ever told anyone I was having a hard time and was frustrated trying to cook or bake with this gluten-free diet, they would console me by informing me that stores now sell rice flour, so I could just use that instead of the wheat flour. It's so easy. Well, these well-meaning but clueless people don't understand that in baking, gluten swells to form a continuous network of fine strands. This network forms the structure of bread dough and makes it elastic and extensible. Any flour that does not contain gluten, a gluten-free flour, will not form the structure that forms dough. Simply substituting a gluten-free flour makes lousy bread, 
lousy cookies, lousy muffins, lousy everything. The soft, fluffy, moist qualities of your favorite baked goods come from gluten. When you don't have it, your cookies crumble, they dry out, and they get stale quickly. And it's really frustrating. However, there is hope and success in gluten-free baking and gluten-free living. One piece of magic is called xanthan gum. It is a plant-based thickening and stabilizing agent. Xanthan gum is a polysaccharide, which is a fancy way to say a string of multiple sugars. It's expensive, but you only need a fraction of a teaspoon per cup of gluten-free flour, and it is absolutely necessary if you're doing gluten-free baking. It's still not the same as gluten, but at least it's workable. Gluten-free baked goods also go stale very quickly, so you have to eat it fresh, like right when it's hot, or store it in the freezer. The fridge won't work to keep anything fresh. There are some exceptions. You can make some gluten-free batters, which can be stored in the fridge, and then you bake it for immediate use. Also, gluten-free bread dough is thin, and it has the consistency more like cake batter than regular bread dough, so it can't be shaped into rolls. In order to shape it, you have to use different shaped pans. We followed this diet for 18 months, and we got really good at it. Eventually, we could invite people over for dinner, and they never even knew we were following a special diet. We were just eating yummy food. Did it help? Was it worth it? Yes. It was hard, but for our family, it was absolutely worth it. I think it saved our son, because at the time, we were in danger of losing him in just about every way you can lose someone. But now, he's an adult, and he is doing fabulous. I'm not following that diet anymore. I could do it again if I have to, but I don't choose it just for the fun of it, because it's a lot of work. And actually, my son's not following it anymore either, and he's still doing great. Part of the reason to do this is to help a damaged and underactive digestive system by giving it a chance to heal. If the digestive system is healthy and functioning properly, then gluten doesn't cause problems. Sometimes our body may just need a break so they can heal. For some people, they may have to follow a modified diet for life. But in our situation, we were fortunate that a temporary change in diet was sufficient to meet our needs. I made a website to help other people who may be going through a similar situation. It has our story, recipes, tips and tricks for success, how to get started, and things like that. It's called glutenfreedairyfreesugarfree.com. There's also a link to it on our family webpage at twogoodthings.net or just Google Bjork Family Blog. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. He said, It is health that is real wealth, and not pieces of gold and silver. I invite you to do one small thing today to improve your health, whether it's using the stairs instead of taking the elevator, going for a walk, 
drinking one more glass of water than you usually do, or, if needed, considering those diet changes that will best benefit your health and your family. See you next time on Linda's Corner.